You're listening to The Plug with Neil Griffith. All right, welcoming to The Plug podcast, Paul Kelly. Sir, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Neil. How you going? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, this is all. Obviously, we're doing this all over Zoom. So, where are you right now? Is this is this the I'm home in study? I'm at home in Melbourne, in, in St Kilda. Okay. Yeah. Oh, better turn that phone off. And how's how's everything going on your side of things? Um. Well, we, we're um, about to start. Uh, Rehearsing for some shows coming up in December. Mm-hmm. Put a new, new record out, um, Christmas record out, or oh, two weeks ago now. So, a busy time. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the music, but obviously, uh, much more importantly, very serious, the cricket stuff. How do we feel? Pat Cummins is now the Australian captain. For or against it? I'm absolutely for. I think you know I'm a huge Pat Cummins fan. Who isn't? So, I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah, very good. We've and I think uh, Kerry just got announced as the keeper today as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that'll be good. I think he's he can good strong batsman as well. So yeah, onward and upward. It'll be it'll be nice finally getting to the season. Um, congratulations on on your latest album, Paul Kelly's Christmas Train. Uh, congrats, first of all, number two on the charts. Adele blocked you from number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to have a word to her about that. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, 28 albums deep, but your first Christmas album. That's right. Um, it, uh, it's actually uh, something I've been thinking about for a few years because I, 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 I do like Christmas music um, a lot. Of the, I think there's a great wealth of uh, Christmas songs, music, pop songs and carols and folk songs and um, I used to do a radio show with my son, Declan, on Triple R in Melbourne, and uh, a Christmas special. He had a regular radio show all year round, but he, I would come in and we'd do a Christmas special, a two-hour special. And um, we, you know, we didn't want to repeat ourselves. We did five years in a row doing that. We didn't want to repeat ourselves too much. So in the course of making those shows, uh, I discovered a lot of, a lot of great, great Christmas songs and it's just been, you know, a thing I've continued to do. You know, I've got a huge long playlist of uh, Christmas songs here in one of my, uh, you know, iTunes uh, playlists. So um, it had always been in my mind to do uh, a record, Christmas record at some stage. And we'd actually started doing some of the songs in this record were recorded. Well, one of them was recorded 15 years ago. Um, the song with Casey Chambers uh, was done uh, a couple of years ago when she was she's in Melbourne and we, we were recording some other songs. But I'd ha- I'd had this song earmarked the song the, the friendly beast earmarked for her, so we just grabbed her while she was down and recorded it and um, had that one saved up. Mm. Uh, the single Christmas we'd done that we'd recorded that a couple of years ago as well. So um, we've sort of been building to it slowly. Why now? I mean, it's 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 been interesting, and I promise I will not make the podcast COVID specific. But chatting to, to musicians specifically throughout this pandemic has been interesting. Some want to just keep churning music out; others don't want to do anything till it's over. Do you think this album would have happened regardless of where we were in the world, pandemic-wise? Oh yes, because we we planned that 
I was planning to record uh, do a record last year and to record a number of Christmas songs. So it was, I wasn't quite sure whether, because sort of the way, uh, I wasn't quite sure whether we'd get it out in time last year, but we definitely had, you know, recording booked. And, and so um, once I knew it, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't get to record when I wanted last year that we just moved it to, to March, April. And, uh, and then it was like, okay, now we can really, we can record early in the year, get a lot of Christmas songs down and, and aim for a, aim for to get out this year. So it was, it would have happened, um, pandemic or not. Well, that's good. And you mentioned some names there, Kate Miller-Heike, Marlon Williams, Emma, Emma Donovan, Casey Chambers, of course, Vicar and Linda Bull. When you're putting this, this catalogue together, is this just a matter of artists that you think would sound particularly good for a particular song? Or are these just artists that you just love working with regardless of what music you're making? It's both, really. I mean, it was quite specific that I would have a song in mind of a particular artist. Oh, Holy Night was always going to be uh, for Marlon. I mean, you know, in my wish list. And when I rang him up and up and said, you know, are you interested in doing a Holy Night on my Christmas record? He said, it's my favourite song. So I thought <laughs> I knew you sort of know you're on the right track when, when you pick a song and the artist and they say they love it. So um, we've been doing um, Baby, Please Come Home with Linda Bull at our end of year shows the last few years. Well, uh, except we missed out last year. Um, so that was always... On the list, um, Christmas Christmas Train, the title track, definitely that was you know, picked the song and and knew that we, I wanted Vicar to do it. So most of them, and same with Emma Donovan and Virgin Mary had one son. Um, Coventry Carol was suggested by Alice Keith, and uh, we'd we'd actually sung it, sung it together one last New Year's Eve with. We did a show, done a show with with um, Kate Kate Miller Heike and Jess Hitchcock and and Alice was involved. We were all, all back at my place after the show. I mean, they, they started singing that carol because they've all oh. they've all you know grown up in choirs and they, they knew it very well. So uh, that, that's how that found its way into the record. How have the last two years been for you? Um, again, I'll, I'll keep this this topic limited, but obviously. We know in Australia the, the music industry has taken a massive hit over the last two years. That first year, virtually, there were no shows at all. There was no touring. Are you comfortable with that? Is, is the idea of just getting to, to be stuck in a studio making music and not really have any obligations elsewhere, is that something that you enjoy or are you well and truly ready to get back on the road? We are now. I mean, that, you know, because two years and the second year is much harder because we didn't expect it. In that, in this way, but sure. the first year you just you just make the adjustment. I mean, I have, so I have some years where uh, we tour a lot, some years where I'm, I'm home a lot. Um, so, yeah, when things sort of started shutting down for gigs last year, I just said, I just sort of made the sort of mental adjustment. Say, so, oh, this year's going to be an at-home year. Uh, I, I like I like being home, so that was okay. Um, uh, as it wore on, you know, the thing I missed most was actually, you know, playing music with with the band, with my friends. People people often think, oh, did you miss? Well, they asked, do you miss playing the shows and playing to an audience? Well, well you missed that, but they actually, I actually just missed being in a room together. You just, you know, to rehearse and play around with songs and song ideas and 
that that was that got tough. Um, and then this year, you know, it sort of it started to get dreary, really. Uh, uh, and like you know, like everyone else, we we just got sick and tired of it down here in Melbourne. But again, you know, I count myself very lucky that we we got five weeks of touring in um, in July um, in Queensland and Tasmania. We were supposed to be playing regional shows all up and down the East Coast, but obviously New South Wales and Victoria got knocked out. But we, uh, you know, just added extra dates in, in um, Queensland and Teddy. So, mm. and we managed to stay on the road for five weeks, keeping keeping nimble. Um, and the fact that we actually got that got all that recording done through March, April, another window of time. So, you know, we got we got to do some gigs, give everybody some work, um, make a record. So. Yeah, if you look back on this year, uh, uh, I was pretty lucky. It's fun. I mean, it's crazy to think that in the last two years, you've released three albums. I mean, 40 Days was released in June 2020, which was made up of quarantine recordings. Then you had Please Leave Your Light On with Paul Grabowski in July, which won Best Jazz Album at the Ari. So belated congratulations on that. And Thanks. obviously now Christmas Train. Do you think it's possible for Paul Kelly to not be playing or making music? for an extended period of time. Was there ever a, a, a thought when the pandemic hit and we realised, okay, we're in trouble here, was there ever a thought of, oh, shit, I might just have to put the guitar down and find something else to do for the next 12 months? No, no, not really. I mean, I, I'm not I don't, I'm not someone who plays my guitar or the piano. I mean, I have a guitar and piano at home. I'm not someone who plays guitar daily or piano daily. I'm, I'm not a musician who, who will be that routine about it. Um, but you know, I have I'll just go through periods where I'm playing guitar a lot or, or the piano. Um, I like to do lots of other things. I, I like reading, so I happily read. Um, I like like a lot of people. I like uh, watching TV series. What um, are you watching? I'm watching Succession. Oh, everyone's in a Succession now. Um, but the, the, the right now the Beatles. Uh, we caught up with succession, so you know, so we have to wait. <laughs> the Beatles, um, the Beatles get back. By, I haven't uh, watched it. Is it, it everyone's like five star reviews across the board? Uh, you well, not everyone either likes it because it's it's quite in some ways it's quite excruciating and it's a lot. There's a lot, um, there's a lot of stuff all the time and nothing much is going on, or they're just you know, uh, it's. But I, I love it. It's really it's if you're in a band, it's like all that stuff that goes on in bands. Mm. The same thing, you know. They they they're struggling. They're, sometimes they're having fun. They've got their own private language. They do funny voices. They goof around. They get bored. They they fight. It's like huh, it's like every band, except, <laughs> except they're the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and you know, it's, there's so. And a lot of it's a bit like reminds you of what songwriting is because songwriting for me is like periods of long periods of boredom, you know, punctuated by sudden surprise. You suddenly get something, and you can see that in these films because they're you see them. There's not much is happening, or I mean, there's this other layer too where there's a film crew hanging around that want to do a TV special. Um, but it seems I'm not all the way through it yet. But it seems that as it goes on, that the, the, the film part of it, the TV special part of it, gets more and more less focus on that, and just becomes about them. 
But yeah, to see Paul McCartney just he's just noodling away, and you can see him see the start of Get Back. You can see you see the song sort of emerging, sort of mm. out of nothing, which like, like a lot of songs do. Later on, you sort of hear him playing Let It Be, just figuring out Let It Be and how uh, without 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 finished words yet. And other people are talking over the top of it, and you can just hear the chorus of Let It Be in the background. So all that stuff is just amazing do you resonate with that or do you like do you miss being in a band you mentioned before some of the the highs and lows of being in a band the infighting do you miss those days or are you much more comfortable just doing what you do now no well, i like it's to me i am like that is my situation with um i guess i'm a band band it's not like the beatles where but uh you know i'm a band i'm a band leader but we're like a we're a band that you know Argues and uh, and and we do all the things the Beatles do. We, uh, <laughs> we do silly voices and have our own in jokes and uh, and uh, sometimes we we can't we wrestle with a song and we can't doesn't sound any good. All that stuff. So it resonated a lot. Yeah, it was, it's it's really great. And the second halfway through the second episode, Billy Preston uh, drops into the studio and they just recruit him as a to play keyboards. So, and then suddenly the whole thing's changed again. So that's where I'm up to now. So there's, there's eight hours. But uh, <laughs> if you like music, you know, it's, it's really, it's quite a piece. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that because I read an interview you did recently. I forget who it was, but I think it was last month. But it was talking about how you've managed to continue to connect with audiences throughout generations and that, you know, obviously you're, you're getting older, but your fans are getting younger. You've you've played at festivals like Meredith Falls. Obviously, the Like a Version you did with AB Original was one of the most iconic Like a Version performances there's been. Is this a conscious desire from you to want to work with younger artists, or is this purely coincidence? Um, it's a bit. It's a bit of both. I mean, I like I like working with younger artists, and you know, do, we started putting on these end of year shows, the Making Gravy shows, and. Uh, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to work with younger artists and have younger artists on the bill that, that made made sense to me. But it's just, uh, I don't know, just um, I'm curious and um, I, I don't really know. It's just, it's just sort of my, uh, I sort of go to, I go with, with hunches and singers I like and songwriters I like. And this is, which is sort of, you know, how this, how, uh, it involved getting the singers on this record, whether they're young or old. You know, it's I guess um, um, most of yeah, so just just it happens as as you get older. When you get to what being sixty six, most of the people you work with are younger than you, just because you're old. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know. The the making gravy shows that have come up. Maybe you know we've got ballpark music. We've got Psycho. Previous years. You've had Courtney Barnett. You've had Alex Leahy. Do you make sure to stay in tune with emerging artists? Uh, you know, I, I try to try to keep up. I'm I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not really that that uh, deep into everything that's coming out or new sounds or new songwriters or new records. But in my own way, I try to keep my ears open and, um, and get recommendations. You know, I've got. I've got uh, children in their late twenties, and you know, um, so and you know, there's a lot of young people in my family. 
my extended family. So I'm always sort of hearing about stuff um, one way or another. Yeah. And we mentioned, obviously, that, again, you've, you've released three albums in, in since June 2020. You're finally going to be going out around the country. You've got shows in March, Roy Madelaide, Blues Fest. Um, are, you, are you finally... Are you happy to continue being busy? I mean, you know, we, we haven't been able to, to go out and see shows. Now you, you're getting that layer back of touring. Is that a scary thought or is that exciting? No, that's, that's, uh, that's exciting because, yeah, we post a lot of shit. We've got a lot, busy year next year touring and that's all, a lot of stuff postponed. So I'm really looking forward to that and, and, and getting out with the band. We've got a lot of um, shows that are out of the capital cities as well which was the plan last year so we just rebooted uh, but um, it'll be a good tour because we, we're going to, to lots of different places and places we don't play that often so and everyone's very excited I, you know we we all get along really well the band the band and i and Vicar and linda and um yeah we, we're sort of like a family so when we get together it's always always fun would I would I be right to assume that there you have more unreleased music? There's a little bit. Um, I have I have a call, what I call an odd socks the odd socks drawer on my you know right. iTunes. It's called the odd socks drawer on my iTunes. <laughs> so uh, and the way we've recorded, you know, probably over the last five or ten years is just I just when I've got some songs, I get the band together and we record them, and then sort of sort out the songs later, you know, on certain records. And that's why, you know, that's why we, always, we had a couple of Christmas records just sitting there. They were in the odd socks drawer waiting, waiting for the rest of the stuff to come. Probably about half a dozen, half a dozen songs recorded that'll end up on a record sometime. But um, this has been, uh, it's, it's quite a long sort of labour making this record, thinking about it and actually doing it. Uh, it got a little bit more complicated with some people not being able to, to come record with the band because that was the original plan to have everyone you know, they get the singers just to record record with the band and that happened in the most part but um, you know with marlon we couldn't do that um so yeah ne- next year it'll be good just to go out and play yeah is that do you have any desire to slow down anytime soon i mean we are getting to to album number 30 which is it's pretty incredible that do you uh, yes do you have like a Tarantino thing in mind where it's like, I want to hit this number and then I'm out? No, I don't, but I, <laughs> I, don't, I definitely don't want to put out a record next year. Yeah. So I do have that. So that's, that's what I was trying to say when I was saying this record's been a lot of work. And it's, you know, making it's one thing. And the, but then um, there's all the stuff that goes on, you know, before you put it out and then when you put it out. But it was even the artwork on this record, the Christmas record took. It took a lot of time, a lot of work. Um, so, yeah, I'm just looking forward to maybe just going out and playing for a while and not worrying about whether uh, I write enough songs for a record. So, um, and if they come, they come. And then when I've got enough, I'll record them. And, but, yeah, I could de- definitely have them. I'm ready for a couple of year break from putting out a record. Well, that's good. Are you happy just to keep on moving forward, doing shows for the foreseeable future? Yeah, yeah. I like, I like doing shows. Um, it's, it's not like we do. We don't have a real, really punishing schedule. We do sort of, um, you know, sometimes go out for, in the most we go out, we most might go out for five, five weeks, seven weeks, 
but they're always coming back. It's again having a balance of coming back home. Um, and the other thing that we haven't been able to do the last couple of years is just go overseas. So we're looking forward to being able to go back to the States where we, you know, tour pretty regularly there, back to the UK and Europe. So, yeah, I'm, I sort of see the next couple of years is maybe just getting back to gigs and then thinking about another record in a couple of years' time. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, congratulations on the album again. Uh, good luck with the Making Gravy shows and all the shows in 2022. Finally back on stage. Uh, I can't wait to see you on there. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks Paul. See ya. Plug Podcast is proudly sponsored by Audio Technica. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred podcast platform, and follow us on Instagram at the Plug with Neil Griffiths to stay up to date with episode releases and giveaways.